Hey, Real Nerds listeners, your favorite host, Ryan, here to remind you that social media is great. How great is it? There's many ways you can find the Real Nerds on social media. You can download us on iTunes. You can listen to us streaming on Stitcher Radio. You can call us 720-6Nerds5. Oh man, our website is so cool. You can visit our website, realnerdspodcast.com. You want to leave some fan mail? Oh, that's so easy, realnerds at gmail.com. Twitter, we got it, at real underscore nerds. You can even like us on Facebook. Thank you so much, and hey, enjoy the show. Welcome to Real Nerds Podcast, unofficially the official podcast at Denver Comic Con 2015 and beyond. I'm Ryan, and this week I'm only joined by James. Hi. Uh, we did have a comedian scheduled to be on the show this week, Brett Hiker, but he actually got a gig. So uh, well, good for him. Yeah, he's up in the mountains performing. So good for him. I told him uh, anytime he wants to come on, though. Yeah, he is more than welcome to. Um, but uh, go check him out. Look him up online. See if he's uh, going to be somewhere near you. Yeah, absolutely. So you know, it's cool. Yeah. I mean, it's whatever. We we're always here. Not everybody, and, can and we don't, and we don't pay you. Saturday. So, right. <laughs> um, that is the the caveat of being on Real Nerds podcast. There is no monetary gain for being on here. Right. It's just the the pleasure of seeing a new movie every week and podcasting our experience to the world. What did we see this week? We saw Taken Three. We did, and we have a certain set of skills, and our skills is reviewing movies. At the end yeah. of the show, we'll review this movie after we play the trailer, and we spoil the movie. So make sure you see the movie before you get to our review. Um, and we'll tell you beforehand, though, if you should see it or not. We also talk about movie news, um, comic books. I have a fun comic book story this week. Cool. Um, stuff we've been watching, stuff that's coming out, stuff that made money. We're a movie podcast, but sometimes we veer off in other directions. Well, are you playing anything cool in video games right now, James? Um, I've been playing. I just beat in the last week or so. I beat Rayman Legends, which that's awesome. Oh, it's a that game is great. It's uh, I even I tell everybody that Rayman uh, is one of the best games that not a lot of people play. Yeah, I mean it. Uh, did it you get which so one? Did you have it for content. what? Did you what? PS Four. PS Four. So it's gorgeous, uh, and there's a ridiculous amount of content. Um, you should get uh, Rayman Origins for PS3. Yeah, well, especially because there's so they they not only have like the main section, the new levels yeah. for this one, but then they also have yeah, you um, can unlock a bunch of levels. Yeah, you from... can unlock a bunch of Origins levels, which is really cool. Uh, and some of them are really fun. Like oh, yeah. in there, they've got the uh, that's where you get the ones where you get to like ride around on a mosquito oh, yeah. and shoot things like in a Galaga game. Like and that, see, that part's really what's cool. great about those games, and I, I try to everybody to play them. I mean, I even love the 3D ones, but I'm more a fan of the Rayman one 2D because one, the game's beautiful. Yeah. Um, but also, they have the levels where it's music and yes. you jump around and it's like in beat and stuff. It's oh yeah, no, they're so, so creative. There's like a whole world of those at the end where they take all the a bunch of the songs that you played throughout the game and put them into 8-bit mode and make yep. them a lot harder. It's really, really good. Yeah, I uh, I actually have it for my Wii U, and the Wii U actually has specific levels for the gamepad. It's one oh, of the yeah? few games, and that's actually the game that made me buy a Wii U, huh. um, because the levels where your glow box, you actually have to use the the touchpad. Yeah, it's pretty fun if you want to borrow it for the Wii U. It's a different experience. Um, cool. Yeah, I uh, I also got for the Wii U. Uh, I got 
uh, Super Mario Brothers Luigi U. I always wanted it, and I just waited till it kind of dropped in price because I knew it was like a DLC. Yeah, shouldn't um, it just be called Luigi? That like if it's yeah, not know, Super it's, Mario Brothers, then is it? It's like Super. No, it's like I forget. It's it's a really clunky title. Oh, oh, um, oh what a surprise, Nintendo! Yeah, it's a clunky but title. I think uh, GameStop messed up because the disc they gave me has Luigi on it and New Super Mario Brothers Wii U. So I think it was only supposed to have one of them on it. What? So it has both games on this disc. That's weird. Um, but it's pretty fun. It's really hard, though. You only have 100 seconds to beat every level. The levels are shorter, but they're more difficult. It reminds me a lot of... Did you ever play the Lost Levels from Super Mario Brothers? Uh, no. Uh, it was the original Super Mario Brothers 2, but uh, Japan thought it'd be too hard for American audiences. So Assholes. they I know. So they remade... I think it was called Toki Toki Adventure or something and put Mario characters instead of the characters originally on it. That's why Mario 2 is you pick up vegetables and throw it and it makes no sense. Yeah. Um, so I played that, but I also got for the PS4 uh, Batman Lego 3. Okay. It's pretty fun. Like, I like the Lego games. They're silly. Yeah. Um, no, they're good. I play a lot of the demos and and kind of get to a place where I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, right, it's this thing. And then I don't really buy the games, which yeah. is too bad. You but. should. They're fun. I mean... It's cool. The main story is pretty fun, but it's really fun to go back afterwards and unlock all the stuff because you find more Lego guys. And, right. Um, I mean, I've only played two. I've only played the Marvel superhero one that I have, which is lots of fun. Yeah, I heard that one's great. And it's pretty silly. And then I just got the Lego Batman 3 because I got a gift card for Christmas for GameStop. So I was like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Uh, at a white elephant party, though, so it was pretty cool. I picked the GameStop gift card. So that's what I got with it. Cool. So that's what I've been playing. It's pretty fun. And I just finished Captain uh, Toad Treasure Tracker. Yeah. Um, it's really fun. Yeah. I didn't know if that game could sustain. I loved it in 3D World. Yeah. I didn't know if it could sustain uh, a whole game. And each level is different. And they're pretty challenging to beat all the little levels. And I did find out, too, it was pretty sweet. There's a Toad Amiibo coming out. Yeah. And if you get him and scan him into uh, Captain Toad, you get a whole bunch of other levels. Cool. So... There'll be Very that, cool. too. So look for my review of that online soon. And then also review Lego Batman online um, as soon as I'm done with it. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, that's what I've been playing. Very cool. It's hard when you have a kid. <laughs> oh, yeah. But I wait till Laura goes to sleep and then my son goes to sleep. Because he sleeps almost till 4 in the morning now. So I oh, usually stay up nice. till 2 playing games and then I'm horrible the next day. But, Shit. <laughs> but I miss playing video games. Yeah. Um, yeah. But anyways, uh, what do you want to start with, James? Um, let's start with a little... Actually, let's mix it up. We always do this last. Let's do what we've been watching, like right off the bat. Wow, I love it. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, this is the stuff we've been watching. What'd you watch this week, James? Uh, I actually watched a bunch of shit. I, I was gone last week, too. So, yeah. um, real quick, I'll get out of the way that I went and saw Inherent Vice. Um, yeah. I haven't seen, I haven't listened to your guys' review yet, but I will say, as a quick caveat, I was, it was 11 o'clock at night and I was extremely tired, but still. Brad fell asleep in ours. I was really bored. Uh, that movie is, it just sort of meanders. It does. And here's the thing is, I don't think it's a bad movie, though. Um, but I don't know. It, it doesn't seem like there's really a plot, even though there's a plot. You know what I mean? Yes. Uh, and there's some really silly things. And it seemed, did you did you stay awake for the whole movie? Yes. I stayed awake for the whole movie. I just. But it, did you just feel like it took weird cuts? Like, it yeah. was missing stuff? Um, yes, but I, I feel that, that way about all, of, like, his last three movies. Yeah, like, but I don't know if that's on purpose for him, because it it's, a, like, a stoner movie. So, I I, yeah, I think he's intentionally trying to... 
you know, it, it's like a heist or a mystery movie, and I think he is trying to intentionally leave things a little ambiguous at times so that you kind of feel like you're always trying to catch up the way he's, like, not really mm-hmm. always on... You know, like, when you see his notes, and his notes are, like, so ambiguous and weird that yeah, you're like, okay, he's... something in Russian or something. Right, like, he's he's just not even really following or or solving the yeah. pu- the the puzzle at all um and right. so i think it's made that way but the problem is is that there's nothing else to hold on to right yeah. like at the end of the day i'm fine with a movie where you know i talk about them all the time where maybe the plot doesn't necessarily um ring true or or isn't yeah. ter- terribly coherent but if they're trying to say something and if there's themes that are really interesting but here the themes are really just like here's this guy at the end of the drug era who was still doing drugs mm-hmm. and that's kind of it you know yeah, um, I-, I told um my example in the review that we did for it was when he's at that uh land developer's house and he's talking to his wife and then he goes to his closet and he has all those ties of naked chicks yeah and then the one servant comes in and starts talking to him about how she's going to sleep with him and then it cuts immediately to him running out and getting beat up by josh brolin's character yeah and i don't know i I never understood their relationship yeah i mean i I think josh brolin's the best part in that movie oh totally oh yeah yeah he's great it's funny um Uh, but but yeah yeah, i don't understand what's going on there Pretty much that's the whole why time. there's a lot of people talking about how they're shocked that Inherent Vice didn't get more Oscar nominations. It, I don't see it. So yeah, it no, shouldn't. It's, it's relatively incoherent. Just because you're times. Paul Thomas Anderson doesn't mean you get a pass. You know no, I mean? in fact, I, yeah, I, I want him to get back to telling stories like yeah. he used to. Like I, I would much rather he put a five minute long like music video into his movie like he did in Magnolia mm-hmm. than to have them be this sort of meandering and and because there's no point to the movie yeah um i i I, yeah i really kind of struggled with it um and i you know i was i was with the movie the whole time i just wasn't engaged does that make sense like it's almost harsh to say it's almost harsh to say that i was bored because i was constantly i didn't realize realize i was bored until it was over yeah i i felt the same way it's i told brad too i said i might be a movie i stream like when it shows up on netflix again yeah. just to see if i miss something yeah, but, but it's, it's also two and a half hours long right like yeah. if in if in two and a half hours you can't give me something to hold on to or at least to take home with me like that's a problem for me oh i, I agree um, it's it, it's a it's a troublesome movie agreed. um which is is too bad because i think the performances are pretty good i think there's some pretty fun little quirks to it you know like mm-hmm. steve was talking about when he was on on here for the film explosion about like every time that he'll just like hit the ground and cradle his asshole like yeah. i always thought that that was funny but the movie kind of feels like the big lebowski if you took out 99 percent of the quirk and you just had some stoner dudes trying to solve a, sense, a mystery yeah. you know like uh, that just at the end of the day i kind of get left feeling very cold um so anyway Saw that. Um, been watching. Uh, been watching through a lot of comedy Bang Bang, which is that show. Mm-hmm. I, it's all on Netflix, and it's like a faux sort of sitcom. Um, that's pretty funny. It's 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 good if I'm like trying to fall asleep, I can turn <laughs> it on. And like some of their skits are good, and some of them aren't great. But um, the 
it's it's a lot of it's dependent very much for me on whether or not the uh, the guest is is very fun mm-hmm. and whether or not or I should say whether or not their skit for the guest like um, I feel the same way about drunk history. Yes, yes, exactly. Um, so it's it's pretty good if it's on you know it's on Netflix for the first three seasons. Like I would suggest you check it out. Like maybe go find one with a celebrity that you think is funny or like some of the guys like Bill Hader who mm-hmm. you just know those guys yeah. are going to be funny. Um, and watch those episodes first to get a feel for whether or not you might like it. Um, also caught up on Agent Carter and Shield. I haven't watched Agent Carter, and it's sitting okay. on my DVR, and it's bumming me out. So I'll just say this. Oh, oh little little baby's going for a ride. Look how cute my baby is. Oh, he's so Hi, good. Hi, baby. Hi. Hey. Oh, look at him smiling. <laughs> oh, yeah, he What's lo- going on? Uh, Dad, he, what are you doing? He loves me. Can I be on the radio? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's pretty good. See you, Laura. Uh, that's great um, podcasting. Yeah, who <laughs> Look how cute my baby is. <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, after th- after three and a half, almost four years of this shit, like if people are listening, going like, "Why the fuck are they stopping it?" There used to be like you know you could hear the cats running through yeah. the background when we started this. Thing, and now so. I have a cute baby. Yeah, yeah. This is our lives. Anyway, so um, so I won't spoil anything about Adrian Carter. I will just give you a couple of things. One, Adrian Carter is fucking awesome. It's really good. I kept on meaning to watch it this week, and I, I don't know why I didn't. Yeah, so it's really good. Um, it's so. Here's the, the thing: only is when problem... they do her like silhouette, and she's wearing that red fedora. I'm like, that's so cool. It's like Carmen San Diego. Right. <laughs> so the only problem that I have with the show is that they're a little bit on the nose with, like, Agent Carter seems to be a lightning rod for sexism. Mm-hmm. Like she. I don't think she meets a man in the show that's not well there is one guy but it's like he's the one guy and everybody else she runs into in the world is pretty much the worst um and I I get it it's just a little it's not even that I disagree it's just that I think it's a little heavy handed Mm -hmm. in the show that's all um but the story they're telling is really cool uh the production values are 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 not even just like good enough is harsh. They're actually a lot of times better than I think they are on shield because they can get, you know, because they're forced to make things look very fifties and they can't be too outlandish. Mm -hmm. You know, um, there's like a, there's like a magic grenade or whatever in the first episode kind of thing, but it, it looks fine. Um, it's a cool, cool show, and I'm really excited Sweet. about it. Uh, and then I also caught up on Agents of Shield, which has gotten, it just, that show continues to get better and better. Hmm. Um, I I really like where they ended it. You know, they're on hiatus now, um, but they've killed some characters off and started to reveal some of what's going on with uh, with the main character, who we know has some kind of magic power. Um, basically, they don't they don't talk about it too much. But the Kree got involved. Oh, the, the Kree don't show up. But I they did hear about that. Yeah, they started talking about the Kree. Basically, this like thing that they've been hunting for the last you know season and a half uh was a is some old Cree artifact and um so it may be that she she's got like some that she's like a descendant of Cree or something like that um so that part is pretty cool especially because i i caught you know rewatched guardians of the galaxy last week <laughs> um uh and then uh don't nabby started back up a week ago uh and it's good this season it's really good this i watched season. a movie with a guy from downton abbey in it oh yeah yeah oh very cool i'll wait <laughs> i'll wait and see was it paddington bear uh no oh, okay uh, <laughs> um 
And, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I like this one so far. Some of the stuff they're setting up is cool. Um, they're getting, it's interesting to see how progressive things are getting. Mm-hmm. Um, and to see like them call back to similar traits. So like in the, I think the first episode they get the first, they get their first radio and certain people are still kind of like, this is weird. Like it was weird when they got a phone the first time and, <laughs> and I think season one. And then you see like shadows of those same characters still going like, I think at one point he's, you know, makes some comment about like this can't catch on. And then when the King makes a, speech over the radio like that's when everything changes mm. and all of us and that, so that was a really neat little addition um but i like the show we'll see how the season goes um some of the stuff they're setting up with like mary wanting to just have sex with people whenever she wants to that's interesting that'll that'll be a, a fascinating when do they have story. tea uh, they, uh, you know what? No, there, I think there's an episode. There it was a scene where they're having. T- Actually, there's this cool. Okay, so <laughs> there is this really cool scene where um, uh, uh, one of the older two, two of the older women who used to bicker a lot but have become friends over the years. One of them is trying to set the other one up with this guy, but her butler really hates this doctor that she's trying to set her friend up with, and so he's like, you know, going around and like giving people tea. And he's totally being a douche to 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 the doctor and like <laughs> skipping him over. And there's all of this politics in the room where like she's running over and be like, "Why can't you just be humane to this nice guy? Like he's not that bad." And so there is. There's a whole like interesting, Sweet. funny scene about them drinking tea. So there you so go. It, I, it happened That's after was it yep. five years? <laughs> oh no, they drink tea all the time. I just never wanted to admit it. Oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then uh, very last thing that I saw this week was uh, the man in the high castle. Which is the Amazon Prime video show uh, oh, yeah. produced by Ridley Scott, based on a story by Philip K. Dick. Yeah, um, which is pretty cool. It's actually um, that keeps on popping up on my Prime account. I don't know if I should watch it. Yeah, no, you should totally check it out. Cool. So the the premise here um, kind of weird that there's a commercial at the beginning, but then there's no more commercials. But whatever, because mm. I'm like D- I pay for this, but whatever. <laughs> um, so uh, the premise here is that. The Nazis at the end of World War II built a nuclear bomb before the U.S. did and dropped it on Washington, D.C. Hmm. And so the Germans and, or, you know, the Axis end up winning the war. And so the country is divided into two. And the whole East Coast is all Nazi controlled. The West Coast is uh, uh, Japanese controlled. And then there's like this, you know, middle ground where the two don't really go in the West. That's where, like, all of the refugees have run to. Mm. Um, but we start off with a this guy in sort of in the Nazi-controlled section who gets in with the resistance there and is driving this truck into the, like, demilitarized zone between them. Um, and then this other woman who... Uh, her sister is in the resistance, it turns out, and she gets this piece of footage... Uh, that I'll explain in a minute. Um, and she drives into the de- demilitarized zone because, uh, or and sorry, so her sister gets killed. So she gets the tape and drives into the, the demilitarized zone. And these guys, the two of them, end up meeting up. And you know, where is it going to go? What are they supposed to do with the stuff that they have? Because I think they, I'm pretty sure they both have a piece of tape. Um, so what's interesting about the tape is, and there's a little bit of spoilers for the, this first episode, but. I think you need to know this to understand how cool I think this might get because it's bigger than just, hey, man, what if Nazis in the 50s, right? Mm-hmm. Um, which the the production design of all of that is really cool. There's some 
they design some neat stuff where you know things don't look like the 50s things don't things haven't progressed as quickly as they did in the 50s everything's still very militaristic and like you know it just uh-huh. it feels like because under that rule like science is not moving forward yeah. right which it shouldn't um but the footage is footage it's like what we would see as real world war 2 footage um of the US winning the war and that's what's on this film reel that she has. Yeah. And so for some reason, somehow, she has footage of us winning the war and has to. F- we that's have to figure cool. out where it comes from. And appara- there is this rumor about um, the man in the high castle who is creating this propaganda footage. Um, so I think maybe, you know, they got to figure out who he is and... You know, I, it might be some kind of trans-dimensional thing. Maybe they got to get back to our world or, like, <laughs> fix whatever went wrong in their world or whatever. Um, I'm not sure because I haven't read the original story. Uh, but it's really cool. cool. Um, shoot, it's, it stars this young woman that, man, I recognize her from something, but now I can't remember where. I kept meaning to look it up last night. Um, and she's, you know, the acting is all pretty good. Um, there are times when it seems like it's a little bit too CG mm-hmm. because that, I mean, that's the way they're faking it as far as the, you know, the fifties are sure. concerned. And I think that's because unlike agent Carter, agent Carter takes place in a lot of small areas and sets and things like that, offices and those kinds of things. Um, so it's only CG when they have to do big expansive se- scenes. Whereas this is a lot of being out in the world and setting up, you know, the this uh universe that they live in which is fine i think it's necessary for the story that they're telling um it just gives a little bit of transparency to the fact that it's not real hmm. you know yeah. takes takes it adds a little bit of cheapness just to the production that values sucks. that's all which, but it's not the show's fault no really. i mean like it's, it's you can only do so much yeah it, when amazon's trying to do something new like it's a really it's a really cool idea that you know i will gladly let that stuff go um, it just doesn't look like it doesn't look like Saving Private Ryan. That's all I'm saying, right? Like when you well, come to it, you can't have these huge bombastic expectations. So uh, anyway, that's everything I saw, um, and that one for sure, I I recommend. Yeah, i check it out. Check I out. mean, like I said, it's always on the top because obviously what I watch on Prime. Yeah. So it's always hey, you should probably watch this. Yeah, we made this, so uh, yeah, check it out. You, you, we made this, and it looks like you're the kind of guy who yeah. watches this kind of stuff. And there's some there's some violence in it. Uh, you know, they say early on, like, there's there's violence and adult content and adult language. Like, they say the F word once, but once or twice, I think. Um, but it's not so bad. Like, I don't I don't think there's any reason so it's like a to PG-13. sway away. Uh, yeah, I would call it PG-13. Because there's some, like, P, there's Nazis shooting people at the beginning, and, you know, it's it's rough, but still good. Cool. Yeah. Uh, speaking of shoddy CGI, oh good. Um, I, I rewatched the End of Days on Blu-ray. Oh no, I haven't seen that in forever. Here's the thing: is I think the movie's actually not bad. I think it's an interesting premise. Yeah. Um, but watching it again, there's some hokey moments. Okay, so because I really haven't seen, I think I saw it on TV maybe ten years ago. So what is the actual premise of End of Days? So End of Days is. <laughs> Remember when everyone was afraid of Y2K? Yes. So at the end of days, before the millennium turns, the devil comes to Earth and inhabits Gabriel Bran- uh, Byrne. Okay. And, uh, and his job is to uh, sleep with this one girl because she was born under a certain moon. Sure. That the Vatican found out. It's so funny. The... Evil. She was yeah. born of uh, born under yeah. an evil moon. It's not her fault, though. Right? No, no, she's, no. She's innocent. It's never her fault. No, she's innocent. It's never the woman's um, fault. 
And so, yeah, the devil takes over Gabriel Byrne and Arnold Schwarzenegger plays this former cop who's now a security expert. And he basically protects people. But what makes it really interesting, uh, besides, you know, that um, supernatural stuff, is Schwarzenegger plays kind of a dark character where his wife and child were murdered. And so he's contemplating suicide throughout it. And he drinks mm-hmm. all the time. Uh, so it's a really interesting – that part is really fascinating to me. Hmm. Um, and you mix in the supernatural stuff, and it's all right. Uh, yeah. But – so the movie came out in 99, obviously shot in 98, and the CG in it is so bad. And, you know, it's not really its fault. It's a product of its time. And it's one of those weird era, eras in movie where CGI was starting to get good. Right. But it wasn't there yet. Yeah, there was a lot of that uncanny valley where exactly. they were trying to do things they couldn't pull off yet. And so there's, I mean, there's a part where the devil shows up to his, um, his like, worshippers, uh, what do you call it? Temple? Uh, no, apartment. I'm oh, sorry. Okay. And yeah, his yeah. wife and daughter are there. And then the next scene is him, like, sleeping with both of them. And then they, like, face melt together. Whoa. And the CG looks really bad. Uh, but I think Schwarzenegger's performance is really good in it. There's some really cool action moments in it. The, the dialogue is hokey. Yeah. Especially they have... Obviously, they have a priest who knows what's going on. And he just says the stuff you expect him to say. Does that make sense? Yeah. Saying, he's coming. He's the end of days. And when the devil shows up into his church, you know, he says stuff, this is the house of God. You're not welcome here. Just hokey stuff like that. Right. Uh, But my favorite moment in it is, so Schwarzenegger hides this girl from him, and the devil shows up at his apartment, and he's showing, uh, Schwarzenegger plays a guy named Jericho. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so he, uh, he, he shows him, you know, his life. He can give him back his daughter and his wife. And Schwarzenegger obviously knows it's a trick, and he says, "You think you know bad? You're a fucking choir boy compared to me." <laughs> and so there's moments like that, and he throws him out the window, and of course, at the end, he sacrifices himself to uh, save everybody. Yeah, uh, but the movie is—it's cool. It's just—it's it, it, weighed down by I think it's time a little bit, but it's still fun, and I still like enjoy watching it all the time. Yeah, uh, but I just—it's one of those movies that I was at Tradesmart, and I. Uh, the reason I went there is because I wanted to get Chef, and when I was there, uh, End of Days was used, and it was four ninety nine. I was like, "Fuck it, who cares?" Sure, <laughs> and, why not? Uh, On so DVD or Blu ray? Blu ray. Yeah. So I got that in Cliffhanger. I was like, "Whatever." <laughs> <laughs> I haven't watched Cliffhanger yet again, but I remember liking it when I was younger. Yeah, but I, I'm guessing it's not good. Uh, but yeah, whatever. Cool. Uh, I also watched uh, The Wedding Singer again. Okay. Uh, I. I probably my favorite adam sandler movie comedy wise yeah um just because it's sweet and it's silly uh i think that's one of those movies where he had a firm idea of what he wanted to do because he was always kind of the 80s kind of guy uh, so it was funny mm-hmm. um the performances are really good in it and just silly i mean it's not a special movie by any means but right i remember seeing it a lot when i was in high school and it just and when i found it on blu-ray for four dollars i'm like okay cool and right. watching it again and and the transfer wasn't that good, though. It's kind of a bummer. Huh. I mean, it was. It looks better than it ever has. But, you know, there's some scenes where you can tell maybe they didn't clean it up as much. Yeah. Uh, so that's a bummer. I mean, at least, well, yeah. The question is, like, did they transfer it just from a... My guess is they transferred from DVD and yeah, upconverted it is right. what it kind of looks like to that's me. That's the problem. But they did also, it doesn't say on the Blu-ray, but they inserted scenes that weren't in the movie before. Really? I've seen the movie so much that I know the movie. And yeah. so 
there's a part where um, Adam Sandler's character Robbie goes sees the old lady and she's working out and she's talking about how she saw her his penis when he was younger for his brisk. So that was never in the movie before. Huh. And I can see it's like a five minute long scene and I can see why they cut it out because it's kind of destroys the pace of the movie. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, and it kind of rehashes Drew Barrymore's character shows up and says, you should go out with me and my fiance, Glenn. And you already knew he's going to go out with him. So it's right. kind of unnecessary. But that's so weird because there's like it's bizarre to me when there are multiple cuts of a movie, but it's not like clearly defined. Oh, yeah. Pulp, Pulp Fiction for me is that way where like, oh, yeah. I even remember I went to the Esquire and they announced beforehand like, "Hey, we're going to show Pulp Fiction, and this is a uh, this is a like f- complete cut that doesn't have anything cut out." And then it cut out, it did have the uh, Elvis Beatles conversation cut out, like they skipped over it. And I I've never understood like how do I know which one is the correct version? Yeah, to watch? I mean we talked about the Muppets Christmas Carol. Yes, yeah. Uh, there's also uh, our friend Jonathan Tierston Sleepaway Camp. Mm-hmm. Before that Blu-ray came out, there was like four different cuts of the movie. Really? Yeah. So that's why uh, they had a Sleepaway Camp Survivor kit. It was like all four movies on DVD in a first aid kit. Yeah. And they butchered their original one. Like they cut out a bunch of it, huh. which is always, I think it's always so fascinating when they do that on DVDs. I mean, why would they do that? Who cares? Yeah. Um, I'd hope they'd have the director's original vision in mind. Right. But obviously they don't. And it's weird that they would add footage into that cut of the blu-ray without saying anything you know it's, it's not even mentioned on the back on the back it says a backstage tour of the wedding singer broadway theatrical trailer <laughs> that's yeah. all that's on it uh so they don't say that they add footage back into the movie huh. but whatever uh, it's still fun i still yeah. have fun watching it and and really the, the one movie i did really want to talk about this week is called the guest it stars dan stevens from downton abbey <laughs> and uh, which one is that I don't know who he is. He's he's like a he's a pretty good looking guy. Here, I'll get the um, I'll get the Blu-ray for you so you can see him. Oh yeah, uh, hey, uh, talk about something real fast. Uh, okay, so Dan Stevens, he might be. Uh, oh, I bet I bet he's the um, uh, Matthew. I'm sure he's Matthew, right? Because if he's making movies, he's got to be. Yeah, he's totally Matthew. Yep. Okay, so well, he's a good looking one. Hope I didn't. Hope <laughs> I didn't just spoil anything about Dan, Downton Abbey. If you are not finished with season four, but anyway. So uh, the guest is awesome. It's made by uh, Adam Weingard, who did Your Next. Yeah, and the movie is centers around Dan Stevens. He plays a guy who was in the military, and I didn't even know he was British until I was reading about him because that's huh. how good he is in it. Um, cool. So yeah, at the beginning of the movie, he shows up at these folks' house and everybody's crying, and he said he served with their son, and their son was killed in action. Yeah. And so he came back and he said, oh, I just wanted to say that your son was my good friend and he wanted to say that he loved all of you guys. And right away you're like, whoa, this guy's kind of sketchy. But then he goes over to a picture on the fireplace and says, oh, yeah, there's me and there's your uh, there's the son. And they're like arm around each other with the rest of their platoon. And so the mom kind of lets up. She says, you can stay here if you want, if you have nowhere to go. And so he decides to stay. Mm-hmm. And... The movie's really slow moving, uh, but it goes from this kind of mystery of who this guy is to like a 70s action thriller What? that's full of violence, and it starts off like innocent enough. The They have a son who's being bullied by the high school football team guys. Yeah. And one who, day- Who else, honestly, exactly. would bully anyone? Um, and he's a really smart kid, so they pick on him. And, it's, the uh, only, it's the only sports people who like- 
The basketball players never bullies. No. The football team guys absolutely. Always. So instead of his mom picking him up, so it's so cool because they set up this thing where his mom picks him up from school every day and he hides his face in his hoodie because he got punched. And so he comes home that day and uh, I, I can't believe I forget his character's name, but he Dan Stevens says, "Who punched you?" He said, "Oh, these kids pick on me at school," and he just has this intensity in his eyes. And then he goes into his room. It's like, and, I'll rip out their fucking spines. <laughs> and so he goes into his room and he just stares and he has this intense, oh, what the fuck is going on with this dude? And so the next day, the Jeep pulls up and he gets in the car and it's Dan Stevens is in there. He's like, Who's, who are the kids who are picking on you? And he says, those guys. And so he follows them to this bar where they get served alcohol because they're the football team and like state champions. So yeah. the bartender doesn't do anything. So he orders this drink and he orders their girlfriend's blowjob shots and the guy's Cosmos. And so he comes over and he orders uh, some spicy drink with Tabasco and peppers and everything in it. And so the guys come over and they throw the Cosmo in his face. Yeah. And there's this really like sweet scene where it goes like really close to his eyes and he wipes the Cosmo off his face. And you can just see he's like burning with anger. So he takes the Tabasco drink and throws it in one dude's eyes. And that other dude punches the other guy. And then he starts kicking the shit out of everybody else. And so basically the rest of the movie is him fucking people up that are fucking with his family. It's pretty awesome. That's cool. And then he, uh, and then there's these really funny moments where he's hitting on their daughter because her boyfriend's some drug dealer loser basically. Yeah. And so she takes him. To, he goes to a party with her because the mom wants her to, him to go with her. Mm-hmm. And he goes away for a little bit and she's talking to her friends. And then he shows up with one keg over one arm and another one holding it and says, hey, where do these go? <laughs> <laughs> it's really... Uh, but the movie's badass. I, I don't... It was one of those movies that... It came out last year and really slipped under the radar. Huh. I looked it up. I think it only made $6,000 in box office. I think it only opened in like five theaters or something. Um but I don't know why it didn't. I think it's it's kind of dark, and it's yeah. kind of hard to get into. And I think they just probably didn't know how to market it, and they didn't know what to do with it. Because it's, it's a universal movie. Is there some, like, intentional comedy in there? Like, is yeah. he supposed to be a yeah. little bit? Okay. Yeah. I mean, there's a part where he comes out of the shower, and that their daughter's there. And he literally starts slowly pulling down his towel so you can see, like, his, like, cut abs and stuff. And it's just silly. That's funny. Um, but, but, I mean, it, then it goes really serious. And, I mean, it... it yeah. Uh, I was reading a lot of reviews, and it has really good reviews uh, from critics. Cool. But a lot of people don't like the ending, hmm. how, what happens in it. But I actually think the ending is pretty freaking sweet. Yeah. Um, but just know that you're getting into a dark, violent movie. Right. Um, no matter about the silliness of him carrying two kegs and the girls like thinking he's hot. Right. right. <laughs> it, yeah. It, you should know, because that happens after he beats up all those kids in the bar. It sounds, honestly, you know what I'm picturing? I'm picturing like a a younger version of a history of violence. Right? Like, yeah. S- starts off it's like, like a hipper who's version. Who's this dude? Wonder what he's. Oh, he killed everyone. Oh, no. no you know, it's yeah. pretty much that. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a not as serious version. Right. Because there's also, he tells that kid, he says, you know, all you have to do is stab him once. <laughs> <laughs> and he's, he says, wait, are you serious? And he gives him his switchblade. So. There's a scene a little later on where he's that kid's in school and the kids that got beat up at the bar, he calls uh, the kid they pick on a faggot. So that kid hits him over the head with a yardstick. And so Dan Stevens' character goes in with the mom and they go into the principal's office and they sit down and they said, I have no choice but to expel your son. He used a weapon against a student. And he said, oh, what did he call um, her son? And he said, uh, a faggot. Oh, that's a hate crime. 
And he says, well, I didn't know he was gay. He says, cool, we'll just sue the shit out of you. <laughs> so the principal says, no, 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 no. Uh, uh, detention for a month. <laughs> so it's pretty funny. That's awesome. So yeah, you should definitely check it out. It's pretty fucking badass. Cool. Yeah, I always like uh, Dan Stevens, now that I know his name. I always liked him on, uh, on Downton Abbey, but of course... Uh, Spoilers for that show. At some point, he leaves the show. Yeah. Um, but the funny thing is, because he wanted to do like movies and stuff, yeah. so that's cool. I'm glad is. I didn't know out. anything about him, and I just i I heard about the movie uh, actually from Blu-ray.com. They gave it like a great review. Yeah. So I was like, whatever, I'll fucking get it. I don't care. And it's made by a guy I like, and everyone's saying it's good. Who cares? And I didn't know who Dan Stevens was, so I watched the movie and I went to the special features, and there's just a maybe like a five minute question and answer with him. And he started talking with a British accent. I'm like, holy shit, that dude's British. <laughs> he must be on down Abbey then. <laughs> yeah. Well, then I flipped it. It says it on the back of the, yeah. <laughs> if yeah, I actually yeah. read what it was about. Right. I literally didn't read the slip cover. I just put it in. I'll That's cool. Whatever. So was it one where, cause you hadn't seen like a trailer nope. or really anything. That's cool. Nope. That's really cool. It was, it was, you know, it was kind of fun. It means that like when you, when you found out that it was going to turn into like a badass action movie, it was a, pleasant surprise yeah I, because I they, they they kind of mentioned it and i just because when i don't know the movie and it gets good reviews i just breeze through the yeah the synopsis. synopsis yeah and so i knew it was an action movie but i didn't know what kind right and how slow it starts you're, you're it like, could oh. be anything from snitch to yeah. you know yes it, it's history of violence yeah and it's pretty badass so i everybody should pick up the guest it's pretty awesome that's cool and i th- i think you can get it for like 17 bucks on blu-ray so really? it's not even that bad yeah. Cool. That's what I watched this week. Awesome. <laughs> uh, what do you want to do next? Uh, I don't care. How about you tell me? How about some stats? Cool. This is the box office stats. The number one movie last week was Taken Three with thirty nine million. Yeah, which is pretty good. Yeah, I mean, good, good for them. Yeah, it's. it's uh, what did it cost? I mean, there's nothing else like everything else. I think Inherent Vice didn't do very well. It's like eighth or something. No, but it, it's not all over the place either. No. Um, so it only cost them 48 million to make. So they've made 117 worldwide. I, so they're doing okay. Yeah, uh, and that it's one of those movies that's going to do really well in Europe and oh yeah, things yeah, like that. Like that one's especially when you. <laughs> so the guy who directed that one also directed Transporter Three. Yeah. And. Was, hmm. Makes sense. Did you see, when you saw it, did you see a trailer for Run All Night before Taken? No. Okay. So let me tell you about Run All Night. <laughs> Have you heard so, of it? and I'll, I'll say this, like, maybe it's a little bit of spoilers for my review. It probably biased me against Taken 3, mm. because Run All Night is Taken only, he has a son who's older, and it's still Liam Neeson and it looked badass as shit. <laughs> like it, it got me excited did for that movie the way I was excited for Taken the first time I saw Taken. Did you see the new trailer for Furious 7? No. <laughs> Dude. There's a part where The Rock gets up and he has a broken arm. He says, it's time to go to work. And he flexes his muscles so hard that he breaks the cast. I was like, sweet. And then the next scene is him in the middle of a street with a huge Gatling gun just mowing shit down. <laughs> I said, whoa, when did this become this campy? That's awesome. Oh, that's so good. Every movie's different, man. Yeah. Every movie's different. So I can't... I, when, I, when I saw him flex so hard that it broke his cast, he was... Holy shit. Oh, my gosh. That movie is going to... It's like a becoming quick, its, a, its own parody. I know. It came a, there was a quick cut of him and Jason Statham fighting, so we're in luck. Is Jason Statham on like a higher... Like, is he standing on something? No, I think so Jason Statham's actually like six feet tall, so... Oh, Jason Statham. Sorry, I yeah. was thinking. Um, no, Vin, Vin Diesel's Diesel. like five six. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um, 
Anyway, so so Run All Night is and Liam Neeson's in this one. Yes, so it's Liam Neeson, and his uh, he's sitting at a table with uh, oh shoot oh shoot Ed Harris right nice sitting at a table with Ed Harris and they're talking and Ed Harris is clearly pissed because it turns out Liam Neeson has shot Ed Harris's son in the head. Nice. Why? Well, you see a quick cutback and Ed Harris's son was going to shoot Liam Neeson's son, so Liam Neeson shot. His son first, because he's like, dude, my son's a good guy. Like, he's got a wife, he's got a kid, whatever. Uh, and I think his son is played by the guy who was, like, the main character in Prison Break, um, who I haven't seen in a while. He looks more gaunt now. It's either that guy or the guy from, um, what was that sh- really shitty AMC show, The Killing? It's one of those two actors. Mm. I couldn't, they look similar to me. So, um, And so he calls up his son. He's like... You gotta spend the day with me, cause I gotta keep you alive. Cause oh, cause Ed Harris is like, I'm gonna fucking kill your son and all of you, you know, like I'm nice. gonna rain fire upon your house and you know <laughs> whatever bullshit. Um, and then you know they drive around and there's you know oh and, chases the, and, oh, and the cops are getting paid off, so of they gotta. That's why he's gotta protect them from the cops and protect them from these guys. He's gotta kill all these dudes. I was like, hell yeah! <laughs> and then I watched Taken Three. So uh, anyway. I I just thought that was funny that there was yeah, this mine was weird they because uh, I I didn't see it with you I just went to the Alamo but yeah. they had an Ant Man trailer before mine too no shit yeah was it did you guys talk about the Ant Man trailer we last did. week it looks better on the big screen oh good it looks better if you there's did you see, see online the fan version of it uh-uh. all they did was they took that that scene halfway th- that moment halfway through when they when he like when the guys with Michael Douglas says to him you're gonna be Ant Man and he goes huh. That at that moment they plugged in um, one of the songs from Death Proof instead, like just to give it that same sort of seventies mm-hmm. kick that Get Guardians of the Galaxy has, um, and the whole trailer fit works again. Yeah, you like know, at that point because it just totally that trailer is dead. Yeah, watching it problem. again, I think one it's a little early for the trailer for it because it still doesn't sure. come out till July. Yeah, um, it, it just it just seemed like oh here's a couple scenes that we have finished. See, uh, uh, computer CGI. generated wise, yeah, like it, it doesn't tell seem, a story, yeah. and it, it. I think really, it's that tonally, it doesn't get it right. Mm-hmm. I think that when you have Paul Rudd and you have a movie called Ant Man and a character who rides an ant, you, you've got to have some fun in the trailer, yeah. and that score at the end is just way too self serious. And so you yeah. watch that trailer and you just kind of go, oh, yeah. Well, this, this is missing something. So I'm, I, 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 you know, it's, I'm not trying to be down on it just <laughs> no, because it's the whole Edgar Wright thing. Like I want that movie to be great. I'm it's sure just, it I think be. that trailer is not good. Yeah. It's so. it, the trailer seems a little lazy. Yeah. But um, again, I think they don't have very much of it cut finished. Yeah. Finished. Well, yeah, I'm sure they're still working. And honestly that probably like that criticism, the fact that that trailer is getting the most criticism Marvel's had in a while probably means that Marvel's going to work their ass off and make a really great movie. Yeah. And when it comes out, we'll all be like, Holy shit, that was the most fun, <laughs> you know? Because uh, that's what they do, right? They they iterate and edit and edit and edit until the movie is yeah. perfect. So, um, anyway, uh, you want to do Blu-ray releases? Cool. DVD releases and Blu-rays. Uh, Lucy, you that's saw it. Yeah, you're, that's the one you said. Uh, should I see before the end of the year? And I said, Meh. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then you know. The movie that I should have seen before the end of the year was Under the Skin, apparently. Yeah, yeah that's a better Scarlett Johansson movie, yeah. I think. I mean, some people might disagree, but... Yeah. Uh, the movie you should have seen before the end of the year, The Box Trolls, is coming out this know, week on Blu-ray. Um, so you'll have to check that out for sure. I'm going to have to go pre-order a copy, because 
Ah, movie's good. Uh, the Drop, which is the that Tom Hardy, James Gandolfini, New Me Repace movie that came out mm-hmm. in like November, I think. Um, which I don't remember whether that got good reviews or not, but don't either. Yeah, uh, Annabelle, which is the is it a prequel to The Conjuring? Yeah. Okay, so the prequel to The Conjuring, Annabelle. I wanted Blu-ray. to see that, but when I was reading reviews where they said it, even for a horror movie, it looks cheap. Yeah, that turns me off on it. Uh, that's too. Bad. We'll see. I'll I'll rent it from Redbox. Uh, the there's a Shailene Woodley movie called White Bird in a Blizzard. That's like a little indie film thing. I don't know. I saw a trailer for it once. Um, so that's out on Blu-ray this week. There's a Criterion edition of the Palm Beach Story, which I don't know anything about, but that it's a Criterion. It looks like an old sort of fifties comedy sort of thing. But anyway, uh, there's a Blu-ray release of On Golden Pond, which is a fucking great movie. That's a that's a good movie. Um, the Zero Theorem, which is the Christoph Waltz, Tilda Swinton movie oh, yeah, by yeah. Uh, Terry Gilliam uh, that I, I never got to see. Was that last year that, that release? I think so, yeah. It had to have been. Um, Very limited, though. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. The, the, hence the Terry Gilliam part. Yeah. Uh, but the trailers for that were always really weird because the yeah. world was pretty cool looking. Um, and then uh, there is a Blu-ray coming out this week called Woman They Almost Lynched. See, I would see a movie like that for the title alone. Right? You got to see here. Oh shoot, I can't. You got to see this cover. It's like a, it's like a really bad comic book, like old fifties yeah. cover. Um, of a busty lady Exposed with, a, with a couple revolvers, and yeah. like it looks like a dude dressed up as a woman who's screaming. Um, yeah, I don't know if it's supposed to be funny or not, or I don't know. Um, but th- that title is worth it. I know. I forgot to say. I, I watched Godzilla a couple like a week and a half ago. Oh yeah, it's it's. Really good. Yeah. It's better than I thought it was. Oh, yeah? Yeah. And the Blu-ray is beautiful, if you haven't seen it on yeah, Blu-ray. Yeah, it, is. it uh, is. I just forgot to mention that. And I just want to say that it made me like it more watching it again. Oh, yeah. I liked it before, but... Yeah. I, I mean, I, I remember walking out of the theater and going, like, that was awesome. I mean, I have problems. Like, I, I think, disagree with the story that they told. Yeah, I think it's better but... when you know that Godzilla is only in it for a little bit. Yes. When you, uh, I see what you're saying, right? Yeah. Like, if you're not always anticipating, like, oh, man, when's Godzilla going to show yeah. up and fucking rock shit? Um, when you're not waiting for that, then you can just sort of enjoy it. Yeah, yeah I would agree with that. So, yeah, um, I, I'd say watch Godzilla a second time. Yeah. Yeah. And I got the cool Blu-ray that roars. <laughs> oh, what? Yeah. What do you mean it roars? Like, when you open it? You have not seen that Blu-ray? No. Oh, my gosh, dude. Holy shit. <laughs> Get this shit off the shelf right now. I need to hear this. Holy I'll put crap. I'll put it up to the microphone. Oh, it's a seal book. Holy shit, that's cool. Is it a button? Yeah. It's, it's like a, it's a little button. There you go. What? Three D. What the hell? That's so cool. Me? Oh, I need one of these. I mean, I don't. But you do. I yeah, I fucking need it. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know if it's an Amazon exclusive or not. I know I pre-ordered it from Amazon. That's cool. I don't know. I, like don't, I think I've seen it anywhere else, though. It seems to catch the thing in there. But that's really neat. Yeah, it's got the. It's like a whole case inside that holds the the speakers and stuff. That's neat. Man. Can I get that on every... I want every one of my Blu-rays. <laughs> like, just a roar? Yeah, like a like a 21 Jump Street. You push the button and it just says something stupid. Like, just swears something cool. at you. <laughs> something, oh, yeah, it just says something cool. <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. Oh, that's really great. Cool. Uh, okay. Uh, what are we doing? News? Cool. It's real news.
So uh, we got a a second Avengers two trailer this week. Yeah, it's still pretty freaking awesome looking. Pretty freaking awesome looking. Every time I see it, I get really really excited for that movie. Yeah, and this one's got like this one's got a lot of little gems in there that people have been picking apart. Um, and I don't want to dig too much into like you know who is the woman and all kinds of stuff. Other than dude, how cool would it be if that woman is death? Oh, that'd be sweet, right? Like if that. Oh, if they got death into this movie, like if there were just a scene at the end, that would be really cool. If there was just a scene at the end where like Thor's out on some planet somewhere and he's just walking around in some cave and like there's this woman. And she's like, what up? <laughs> and that was the whole. Se- oh, man, that'd be awesome. Um, trailer looks really, really cool. That movie um, looks like Ultron is really like slick. Yeah. I mean, just the way it's shot and everything. When they when they first announced Ultron, I was like, ah, yeah, this seems weird. Like this, they're going to have to convince people. You know, mm-hmm. um, especially since they've been sort of setting up Thanos and all the other movies, like all of a sudden we're going to take this detour and talk about a rogue robot, um, which I think I, I also just have a, a bad taste in my mouth because that's the one book of Astonishing X-Men, Whedon's Astonishing X-Men mm-hmm. that I don't like, right? Because there's that whole story yeah. where the, um, the, what's it called? The battle room the danger room the danger room where the danger room comes alive and turns mm-hmm. into a robot and tries to kill everybody and i was like bah, whatever i don't care <laughs> um and so that's what it feels like to me um but this looks uh, really i think what cool. they're doing really well is they're in the trailers have conveyed that ultron is scary yes you know oh, yeah it's not that he's just oh he's some robot it's he is no. scary yeah so that's awesome. well yeah because that shot that shot of like the broken down Iron Man walking out of the closet is just so fucking cool. Yeah. Like and the way he's broken and like the way his eyes look, like they took that that model, you know, the Iron Man design he is designed to look intimidating, mm-hmm. but then they just made it look horrible. Um, and I think it's a smart solution instead of, you know, having Ant-Man build a robot that becomes self-aware, that Tony Stark is the one who developed it and they took that idea from Iron Man 3 and said, "Oh, well, it, made ultron and i think that's a pretty cool idea yeah yeah uh so we got the nominations for the oscars this week mm-hmm. um which is a couple of things the big one is that uh the lego movie is not nominated for best animated feature which i think the only explanation there can be that they don't take story into account <laughs> um which sounds harsh but i uh, the rationale being like if the way they look at it is we're only paying attention to the actual art of the animation, then okay. But I don't think that's really what that... that yeah, it, it, there's, again... Because, like, Big Hero it, 6 is on there, and I like Big Hero 6, but it's but here's, not. Here's the thing, is it's it, it's the old Hollywood adage. It's a bunch of old, crusty, white dudes right. who, stuff who probably have never seen the movies. You know, uh, tell me... How many people from the Academy saw How to Train Your Dragon 2? Well, I think they have to... I think in order to vote, they have to see that movie. No, I, like, I, I think they have to see... I heard that they get... Well, maybe not. They get sent a pamphlet. Oh, that's right. They and they just get, fill it out. That's true. No, you're and, right. And they have two movies on there that are foreign animated, and that's great that they're on there. But really, yeah. you're going to tell me those are better than the Lego movie? And what's movie got better uh, critical score... There's more loved by audiences, and that's not the best move, animated movie of the year. Are you fucking kidding me? That movie's really fucking good. <laughs> it's James, number one movie from Film Explosion. Yeah, that movie's really fucking good. So yeah, um, it's, it's disappointing. And like, look, look, Big Hero Six is great. The Box Trolls and How to Train Your Dragon Two. Any other year would have easily that's been what, those the best anime. Yeah, like they're they're amazing films. 
but fuck, like, yeah. at least at least give me a bullshit answer. At least say yeah. like, uh, there's live action in that film, so it's uh, it's disqualified. Yeah, you know, and then we can have some shitty argument about like, well, Wally had that, and like, yeah. f- at least let's let's have a stupid conversation yeah. but not you know this is that's that's why i don't get like who did not see that movie and, and not enjoy it yeah it's one of those things where i think it has a 97 percent or something on rotten tomatoes i want to know the assholes who doesn't have fun watching that movie honestly yeah i, I just don't get it yeah um and there's some weird ones that stand out like i feel like looking over the the film editing section i kind of feel like well, i don't know what that that award is worth anymore like because those so american sniper boyhood grand budapest hotel imitation game and whiplash none of those to me are movies that stand like like boyhood right boyhood is a great great film i don't think that it's editing is what makes it a like yeah it's editing isn't particularly special yeah um and that's not to say that the guy who made it doesn't deserve some kind of award but it just i don't know there's a couple of sections here where i'm i'm like i don't really know I, th- you know, I think they keep trying to push American Sniper out there, but everything I've heard about American Sniper is that it's actually pretty bad. Yeah. Um, I was just looking. It made $30 million yesterday. Oh, yeah. When I was at the Alamo, like, there was nobody seeing Taken 3, but there, like the, the theaters for American Sniper were sold out. Um, so I, I'm interested to see it, but I'm very... Yeah, I can, I can, I can wait a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have to see it right away. Um, because after what Steve told us about it is right. what I see in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and yeah. Um, of course, he also told me Inherent Vice was good. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, Steve. What the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> um, and their Best Picture nominations are, are fine. It's uh, American Sniper, Birdman, Boyhood, Grand Budapest Hotel, The Imitation Game, Selma, Theory of Everything, and Whiplash, which means Boyhood's going to win, probably. Um, but, uh, and I think deservedly so, honestly. I think out of out of all of the Oscar bait movies, mm-hmm. that movie is really great and deserves some recognition. Yeah, there's nothing that's surprising to me this year. Actually, no. the only thing is Bradley Cooper was nominated for three years in a row for Best Actor, and someone like Gregory Peck and only one other actor have ever done that has had happened before. Wow! And I like Bradley Cooper, but it's one of those things where you wouldn't right, remember think. when he was on Alias and then disappeared forever. Yeah. Right? Like, he was this great, funny guy on Alias that I was like, man, he should have gone somewhere. And then he disappeared for, like, eight years. Never, <laughs> he you didn't see him again. And then he did again. the hangover. <laughs> right, yeah. And then all of a sudden, he's like this asshole in every comedy that he can be in. Um, but, yeah, good for him. Yeah. He's good. Uh, even in American Hustle, he's good. <laughs> mm. That was his second nomination. Yeah, I know. Uh, Ron Howard's uh, In the Heart of the Sea is delayed until next that December. Bumps me out. I really want to see that movie. I know, but hey, trailers for that. If they're going to take more time, make it better. I'll, sure. Okay. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. I I don't think that's it. I think that they realize that in the summer they're not going to make as much money. Whereas mm. in the that that movie, I mean, it's a Ron Howard movie, which means it's a fucking Christmas movie. Like <laughs> that is it. the movie that everybody's parents are going to want to go see but at Christmas time. When I was at the Mills, I was talking to Joanna. As she was tearing my ticket, and I looked over, and they have the Heart of the Sea, the poster, yeah. and it says March. I'm like, oh. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Nope. Because uh, it, oh, it looks really good. Yeah. I like movies on boats. Yeah. Just do. Master and Commander on a boat. <laughs> Pirates of the Caribbean on a boat. Just great. Yeah. Boat movies are good. Uh, speaking of delays, the Avatar sequels have been pushed back to 2017. I don't care. By the time those movies come out, will anyone give a shit? No. It- like... I don't know if anybody gives a shit now. Well, the weird thing is, I, I, you know, I always mess around. I still don't understand how that movie made two billion dollars. 
I still don't understand it. Yeah, I think I, James, it's a ridiculous I think amount James of money. Cameron pays off. You think Hollywood he's? Or something. You think he's going to like? He's, <laughs> there's some theater in Belgium that he's buying all the tickets he out has in, to. so that that way it makes money. Because I mean, he even made seven hundred and thirty million dollars in America. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, it's crazy. It is because I, I only I, saw I, it. I saw it twice. I saw it once, and I was never that impressed with it. But here's the thing: everyone saw it. Like. The hype, the the marketing machine for that was such. But see, I don't remember that they made everyone I don't see that. Movie. Remember talking to people that? Oh, I love that movie. I no. have to see it again. Right. That, yeah. No, you're right. You're I right. Like, I want to believe that word of mouth causes stuff to become more popular. The only thing I can think of is the first movie where people said, "Oh, 3D looks good." No, it was just the first movie where there was 3D. Like, they had been around, but that was the first one where it was a big deal. Yeah. Um, I don't even know that... I remember coming out of it and being like, oh, the 3D was cool, but I don't know that I needed it. Yeah. You know, I saw it in... The, the two times I saw it, I saw it in 3D. Um, because that does feel like a part of the experience. Yeah. I forget. What was that on your top 10 films from 29? Fuck you. 20? That, I mean, the movie's, not, the movie's not horrible. I know. I can't wait for you to let me borrow it so I can watch it again. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'll bring it to you. Yeah. Because, yeah. um, A, the fucking case I have is gorgeous. Because what's one of the 2009, right? Uh, yeah. So I haven't, I haven't seen like it in that. six years? Yeah. So I don't know. Um, yeah. I mean, it's a cool movie. Like, it's just, it's just Dances with Wolves, only not anywhere near as good. Um, there's some cool ideas. Like I like the I like the world for the most part that they're mm-hmm. building. I just don't necessarily like the story they're telling in it. Mm-hmm. Um, wow, it's and, weird about a James Cameron movie, right? Oh, oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's, a, it's uh, and the dialogue is complete garbage because it's a James Cameron. Movie. When you watch so, like, Alien, you're like, oh, this movie's pretty cool. And then people talk, and you go, Ugh. Aliens, you mean? Yeah, Aliens. Aliens, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, I've said before that Aliens is only watchable if you put the mute on. <laughs> like that fucking dialogue in that movie gets worse every year. It's. <laughs> Man, it's some of it's not his fault. So like the game over line is a is a improv by Bill Paxton, but somebody like and that's not even that bad a line. No. Like when he's running around going, Game over, man, it's that's not what's bad. <laughs> no. It's like the scenes where there's you know sitting around at the table razzing each other. Dude, how cool would it be in Terminator Genesis if, you know, because they show that scene where that one Terminator came back and killed the other Terminator from yeah. 1984, if they got Bill Paxton to be that nice oh. night for a walk, huh? <laughs> that would be pretty great. That'd be awesome. Oh, I thought you were going to say, like, how, how, how badass would it be if if in uh, if they made an alien sequel where the Terminator <laughs> came back and killed the alien and aliens, so that, that way we didn't have have Bill Paxton's character, no, or if they had a Terminator versus aliens, I'd watch that. <gasps> <laughs> I feel, oh man, who would? I feel like the alien has to win. Oh yeah, because like if if the the alien gets close, if the Terminator kills it when the aliens at close, then the acid blood just kills the Terminator. Yeah, but I mean, could it go through the exoskeleton? I don't know. Can, you mean can like can the <laughs> oh you mean can the the acid can totally go through the exoskeleton of a Terminator? It has to be able to. I guess yeah, because it goes I mean, through. If magma can can melt it, or if like the liquid metal can melt it, then maybe we need to write a script and turn it at, and yeah. give it to twentieth century. Fox. So the question is whether or not the the tail, which is the primary weapon of said alien mm-hmm. of the xenomorph, whether or not that can do any damage to a terminator, which I don't know that it can. I don't know either. I mean, right? it obviously could take more damage than a, obviously a, a person. Yeah. Hmm. Because I mean, there's probably a dark horse comic terminator versus alien. <laughs> Yeah, because nobody ever uses, like, swords against a Terminator, which is really what we're comparing that to, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, that thing is like a sword. But they're so fast that maybe they could... Like an alien? Yeah. Oh, could... yeah. Alien could get close and make... But but I don't know if it's strong enough to, like, 
to yeah. damn it to like pull a a, a Terminator apart. Hmm. You know, like all the damage we've ever seen to a Terminator, dude. Physical. What, what if that was the movie? So Ripley says, um, "We need to." go to the future and get these Terminators to stop these aliens. Oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> well, no, because it would be in the past. So she has to oh, go back. Right. She'd have to go, she back, has to go back in time to, to the Robot Wars, <laughs> get a Terminator, and move it forward Through the in interstellar time. black hole. Right. Because, to... because, because fucking John Connor killed all the goddamn robots. We need some now. <laughs> Turn them all into these like shitty androids that are made out of flesh and blood, whatever, and milk. You know, <laughs> yeah. like goddamn it, John Connor. So she goes back, oh, figures dude, out how to get... Afterwards, that you're right. So they decided to make androids that are softer and yes, exactly. And, and no more of the scary. Android. Right. So that's why they get rid of the Terminators. <laughs> um, so she has to go back, figure out, like steal a Terminator from the past, come for, bring for it, bring it forward, and fight an alien with it. I fucking yes. I love it. I want that movie. I want that movie so bad. I'm podcasting, honey. What's up? <laughs> yeah. You know, I get yelled at when my phone rings while we're doing the podcast, but to answer the phone while we're doing the podcast is on a completely different level. Anyways. Um, yeah. Oh, man. Dude, I would see that movie. That that sounds better than Alien vs. Predator. Yeah, right? Man. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah, we're so smart. We're so smart. Why don't they give us jobs in Hollywood? Seriously. Uh, <laughs> they have my number. <laughs> they have our... J.J. <laughs> Abrams has our email address. <laughs> he does. <laughs> <laughs> oh mercy! All right. Um, cool. Is there anything? I don't. Did I miss anything? No, I don't think so. Okay. Um, all right. Uh, let's. What are we doing? Review. What's next? Uh, oh no! Comic books. Comics. Cool. You got a story to tell. I do. What's up, nerds? It's the comics corner. So, uh. If you want to, if no, you want to wait, I can cut this part out. <laughs> you're fine. Uh, this last week, I, I forgot to mention the story on the podcast uh, last week. So uh, my my grandpa Leon passed away uh, this December. So uh, my mom says, "Oh, just make sure you go see your grandma Lois every once in a while because she was married to my grandpa for almost fifty years, and so she might get lonely." And so my comic store is right by my grandma Lois's house. So, you know, I'll go to the comic store, bring Kellen and say hi to my grandmother. Mm-hmm. And so I, I go there and I stop by my grandma's house and she says, Oh, stay for dinner. I said, okay. And she was just talking to me and, um, I was hanging out with Kellen and she said, so Ryan, I thought you might like this story. I, my grandma can't see very well. And there's some sort of audio book place that sends her audiobooks mm-hmm. for the special machine she has. I don't even, I couldn't even tell you, what it's for, but it's obviously to help um, people that are blind, yeah. you know, get books. She's not completely blind; she just can't see very well. She can't read anymore, right? And so she said, "And you know, I love history, and I got this book called Civil War, and I put it in. <laughs> <laughs> I put it in, and I'll tell you, Ryan, I don't remember Captain America being in Civil War." <laughs> And so my grandmother listened to the 300-page novelization of Marvel's Civil War. It's a it's a novelization? Mm-hmm. There's a novel of Civil War. Really? Yeah. That's kind of cool. Yeah. So uh, so I'm not telling you to get the novel of Civil War. You should go to Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics and pick up the trade of Civil War mm-hmm. to see why Captain America Civil War is going to be awesome. But if you have sight problems... But you want to read some comics, go pick up the novelization (laughs) on audiobook of Civil War. Isn't that funny? It cracked me up when my grandma told me that story. That's too funny. Uh, 
And she, I, I said, so you listened to the whole thing, Grandma? She said, yeah, I listened to it. I said, what'd you think? She says, it's all right. <laughs> <laughs> she said she really couldn't follow it. Right. Well, I mean, yeah. I'm surprised she didn't turn it off. Like, yeah. uh, whatever. That's that's. I almost wanted funny. to listen to it because I wanted to hear, you know, Captain America's voice in it. And yeah, but it's pretty. Well, funny. especially if it's like, it'd be really great if it if there weren't voices like that. If it was just like like most audiobooks where it's just like like a dry British man <laughs> yeah, reading totally. to you, you know. Uh, and then Captain America jumped on the Red Skull's head <laughs> over and over again until it was a bloody pulp. Yeah, so it was pretty funny. So pick up uh, the Civil Civil War. It's it's a cool story. That's pretty cool. Um, uh, I wonder if I wonder if Quince Cars and Comics has audio books. <laughs> I don't know. Recommended by my grandma Lois. Civil War, not the American Civil War, <laughs> <laughs> the superhero Civil War. Yeah, uh, it's less racist. That's for sure. <laughs> for sure. So it's too funny. I know. I like that you got it right away when I started telling the story. <laughs> <laughs> it was Comic Book Corner, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh man. That's too good. Cool. And so this week we went and saw Taken 3. We did. James, should people go see Taken 3? Probably not. <laughs> Quick and to the point, uh, it's a rental. I don't think there's yeah. anything special about it. If you if you wanted to see another Taken, okay. Yeah. But more than likely you should wait until run all night. Uh, yeah. my uh, I have a feeling that one's going to be like my Taken 2 I own. I'm going to wait till it's four ninety nine on Blu-ray at Tradesmart, and I'll probably get it. Yeah. And then, and, then, and then forget to watch it. And then I'll have the collection of Taken. <laughs> uh, here's a trailer for Taken 3. Or should we say, took three in? <laughs> <laughs> to three in? I don't know. Taken 3. Hey. Manny. Good to see you. Me too. Kim's doing okay? Yeah, seems like the usual, Kim.
I don't know. I don't know what to expect out of the movie. So I don't know if like if I can be. I mean, I wasn't. I wasn't terribly disappointed by the story, or you know, like I know. I don't know why it is that with the other Liam Neeson action movies, the dialogue is so much better. Yeah. But with the Taken I, movies, it's so stilted. I think it's because it's horrible. a Luke Besson movie. Probably, yeah. Because um, even like that whole opening scene where he's like, "I was just trying to be unpredictable. I was just, I just wanted to be unpredictable. Remember how unpredictable? Like, yeah. Fuck, it's so bad. Well, too, and uh, Oliver Megaton, who directed it, <laughs> that's his real name. Yeah, I know. I, I don't know if it's, but it's, you know, if it's Olivier Megaton or something. Right. I call him Oliver Megaton because it sounds cooler. Right. Um, he directed Transporter Three, and that I think Taken Three has a lot of the problems Transporter 3 has, So where it's incoherent action. I was just going to say, this movie is fucking... That's my biggest problem. It's so manic. Were the other, were the other Taken's PG-13, or they are? Uh, I feel like the first ones are. Yeah, it might, I mean, I, I, I can look. I'm, sure. I'm not sure, but... It might be PG-13. You know, you can make PG-13... The, here, torture's, here. the torture's the only reason. I don't think they yeah. swear a lot, and you don't see, like, there's not naked women or anything mm-hmm. like that. I think it might just be the torture... In Maybe, the first one. but you know, there's an art to making movies like that. The guys, uh, Paul Greengrass, he makes movies where it's really hectic, but yeah. you can understand what's going on, right? Because those the born action scenes are amazing, yeah, and you can follow them, and they're impressive. Because when when he does something, you followed the beats of that action fairly well, even mm-hmm. though it is a quick cut. Every every cut of this movie, every shot of the movie is less than a second long, yeah. Especially in the action scenes. And, and it's a bummer, too, because every time uh, there's a part where he goes into a liquor store and he starts fighting, oh, this is cool. But then you can't really get a sense of what's happening in it. Yeah. Because uh, he's hitting guys with a bottle. And then it cuts really quick and he, I don't know, it's... Yeah, things just sort of happen. Um, and I'm willing to forgive it or simply laugh off the things where, like, he he's in a car and he gets pushed off a cliff and, and he, he jumps out of the car. <laughs> he magically teleports himself behind a rock and then like the car explodes or he falls down on an elevator shaft and yeah. magically gets out of the car and the car doesn't just explode in the elevator shaft blows up the whole fucking building when it blows up like yeah I'm willing to forgive that kind of silly shit but it's the it's the fact that I can't follow the action yeah. in the moment and really enjoy what he's achieving in those moments, mm-hmm. that's the problem. And, and here's the thing is, too, I think Liam Neeson's still really good in him. Yeah. I, I, he has, I mean, he's an obviously an older man, but he still has a commanding presence, yes. a really big presence. So, you know, it's cool when he's... And he kind of leverages the fact that he's older. Like, when you yeah. have you have that scene early on when, he, when he's climbing out of the, it's like 16 minutes long as he's climbing <laughs> out of the sewer system. Um, and he's like hunched over and he feel, you just kind of feel like, oh, man, he's an old guy just trying to... Pull his, normal, pull his yeah. ass out of this shit water. Um, and I, I mean, I, I think it's a cool story. I mean, uh, it's no spoilers yeah. to know that uh, his wife is murdered. Yeah. And you find out that, spoilers, that his her ex-husband did it because he owed money to the Russian mafia. And he knew that Liam Neeson's character would kill all those guys, hence remove two problems for him. He'd get the $12 million yeah. thing. I, I like that. I think that's kind of an interesting take on it. But uh, Forrest Whitaker's good in it. But again, his his story is not that good where if he because at the end um he sits down and i mean mind you liam neeson's killed like 30 people in this movie and right. he just gets off um but he sits down he says I-, I knew right away the bagels i ate the bagels man and they were warm I, then i would be like dude why the fuck are you following me around i told you to leave me alone <laughs> well but here's the thing the story of the movie is that 
uh, if Liam Neeson had just not done anything, if he hadn't fought the the, the police at the beginning, it probably would have been okay. Mm-hmm. Right? Because they would have figured it out. They may not have figured out exactly what happened, but the police in the 24 hours that the movie takes place figure out the story on their fucking own. Yeah. He only gets... It's like... It's like a shitty version of The Fugitive, only where... The, I kept waiting for him to say, I didn't kill my wife! Where, oh, especially when he's climbing out of the sewer system. I'm like, if you do the sewer, the sewer, like that shot where he, where he's standing at the end of the sewer system, I'm going to fucking like, throw something at the screen. And uh, I guess in L.A. you can just dump your oil into the sewers? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, uh, I guess so. I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> in L.A. you can get, rid of, get away with a lot of stuff. Yeah. Um, but... But unlike in The Fugitive where he's running around and going and finding the clues that the cops aren't going after, mm-hmm. Liam Neeson just gets to the scene where the like he gets to wherever they're supposed to find that clue minutes before the cops do. Yeah. Like they're I not like, even there to find him. No. They're there looking for the footage of him on a videotape and then it's like oh I, oh, do, he's I do like too. his crew though. Like I like his crew guys that They are cool. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But that's the movie I want. Yeah. I want a old guy's a team movie, <laughs> uh, but what I get is like a, sh- a shitty version of the fugitive. Yeah, I kept um, on waiting for that. I didn't kill my wife. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Oh man, yeah. I do love that they find ways to have him have cool speeches on phones, though. Yes, <laughs> yeah, because he doesn't get to do the one, but he does get to like, like he calls his daughters, yeah. like your your mom's dead. I need you to be strong. I need you. To, you gotta be strong. Uh, I can't. I can't talk to out right now. I gotta go. I got to clean his, this shit off my shoes. Then his conversation with Forrest Whitaker's character was pretty sweet. Yeah. Uh, What's your number one priority? Yeah. <laughs> Mine's my daughter. Yeah. Yeah. It's so, pretty great. I, I sympathize with him there. And who knew a Porsche could knock the landing gear off a plane? Oh, my God. The <laughs> subtitle of the movie should be A Black Porsche. Because once he gets <laughs> in that car, it's like every every scene is underlined with, like, you can hear the police over the radio going, like, he's in a black Porsche. He's in a black Porsche. <laughs> We're getting paid to advertise for a black Porsche. <laughs> and why do there's why do they need the license plate of it? Because how are they following? He's going so fast. Yeah, you don't need to. You don't need a license plate. You just need to know it's a black Porsche. <laughs> you just follow the black Porsche. There's only one. There is only one. Oh man! And uh, dude, that's where the guest was awesome. Where the action scenes where people got shot were super bloody. Yeah. And this one, he shot people with a shotgun and they just fall down. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, it's not that I have to see violence. It just. It seems it takes tame. something away. Yeah. yeah. Well, especially when you've got like this, this like kick-ass. I'm gonna attack these bad guys in their in their huge tower. Like, mm-hmm. fight my way in there. Like, you've got the setup for an awesome action sequence, and it's tame because the violence is tame. It's uh, and it's tame unengrossing because, because of the way this shot. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So like, it's just oh, he killed all those dudes. Oh, and then he kills all those dudes too. And you're like, all right, but. It's not really that interesting. Yeah. And he'll like he'll pull off things. I wish I could remember who he does. I think it's the main bad guy at the end. He's fighting the bad guy. Bad guy's got a pistol. And he like he grabs it, twists the guy's arm, and like gets the gun back and points it at the guy, right? Mm-hmm. But they do it in such quick shots that I don't understand how he did that. So in the end, I'm just kind of like, well, you just faked it. You just like had him grab the guy's hand, shake it a little bit, and then turn the gun on him. So it didn't feel like you had really pulled anything off. Yeah. Um, and you then you too, were just communicating to me that he's a better fighter, but you didn't show it to me. Uh, you know, the end of the movie, 
where he, you know his daughter doesn't want him to kill that guy. That's cool. And you know I love this. Yeah, little, I love his speech where he says, "You'll get out, right? And won't you know? I'll find you, <laughs> right? See, that's awesome. Yeah. But then they had that clunky scene at the end where they're <laughs> oh, on the pier. This is so awkward. You just don't need it. Yeah. Like, if I was, the, I just want you to know, I'm fine if you don't kill your baby. Yeah. Like, no, I don't. What? I, th- I think it wasn't that. I think it's whatever they wanted to name it. No, I don't think that's true. No. So they no, need no, to cut no, that no. scene out then because we have different interpretations. No, of, I'm pretty positive that is like, it an abortion scene. Yes, I think. Yes, I think she was like. I I think that when she was gonna talk to him about what is she, what should she do? Oh, okay. I maybe. think the conversation was like, I have this boyfriend who. I don't know. Like hey, he's so Mills. poorly set up in the movie <laughs> that I don't know how I'm supposed to feel about him. And that she was gonna say like, "So I'm pregnant. Like, what do I do?" Me and the panda. Should I like? <laughs> should I marry this dude? Like that was that was the actual like strife. There was what she's supposed to do with her life. Not what the fuck are we gonna name? We're gonna name it mom. That's not that's not a resolution. That's not at all they a resolution. I would have ended it with, "And when you get out, I'll find you." Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, then I've been, uh, then I've been like, oh, this movie's pretty sweet. <laughs> yeah, forget everything else. He's gonna kill that guy when he gets out of jail. No, the right way to mo- to end that is they get back and like or like they they they're at the police station and uh and the boyfriend shows up and like Maggie Grace's character runs over and like hugs him and like and they sort of like he comforts her for a moment and and, then, then, and he has this moment of release where he's yeah, like and then, this guy's gonna take care yeah. of her now. Liam Neeson has that like last scene. He looks down and then he walks out the hallway like, okay, right, could, like yeah. everything's okay, yeah. <laughs> right? Because yeah. that resolves the like, hey, I'm pregnant. Like, I don't know why that's a part of the movie story. <laughs> um, that's the right way to end the end that. Dude, why aren't we in Hollywood? <laughs> My God, this movie's a piece of shit. Yeah. Um, I mean, not boring. It's less boring than Inherent Vice, but it's also only two hours long. So yeah, it's there's worse movies for sure. Yeah, and you and you get to watch disappointing but cool action scene where a black porsche runs into a plane and crashes the plane <laughs> yes the, the cg like the the way that the plane behaves is not what i wanted but still <laughs> well that's the thing too is she shot was cool she's right. pregnant and she <laughs> he takes out that plane <laughs> that, like yeah my first priority is my daughter <laughs> and fucking up this plane <laughs> and not my unborn grandchild <laughs> <laughs> right that looks cool though i guess yeah it's <laughs> My first priority is blowing up some shit and nice. then maybe saving my daughter and then killing the guy who killed my wife. I'm guessing you know who this is. Yeah. <laughs> I'd do a pretty good Liam Neeson. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. What's next week? Take the goddamn elephant. That's from Dark Man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't shit. remember. Uh, all right. Well, let's do some really wonderful podcasting here while we figure out nice. what next week is. It's always good. January, we've, had some, we've, we've had some great podcasting moments on this one. Uh-huh. Check my baby out. Talking to my <laughs> wife on the phone. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's funny. This, uh, man. Oh, oh, here we go. Here we go. The boy next door. Uh, Mordecai. I don't want to see Mordecai. Is Black Hat out? Black Hat's yeah. out. We can go see Black Hat. If it's going to survive. <laughs> oh, is it not doing well? No, it made like a million dollars. Oh, that's too bad. There's a Jude Law movie called Black Sea. Mm-hmm. Strange. Did you see that the new movie with Melissa McCarthy has Jason Statham in it? Oh, Spy? Mm-hmm. That one? No, Jason I haven't, Statham's I haven't. the bad guy. Oh, good. Yeah. That's too bad. I wonder if they're going to have jokes about her being fat. <sighs> I remember how they make a big deal about how they don't make jokes about that, but that's all they do in all her movies. Yeah. I think it might be Mordecai. 
Yeah, I'm guessing Mordecai. That's too bad. Because I don't want to see The Boy Next Door because that's that shitty Jennifer Lo- uh, Lopez. Oh, yeah, I'm not seeing like, that one. No. God damn it, January. You're the worst. <laughs> uh, hey, after yeah. that one, I think we got uh, Jupiter ascending. No, that's the following week. <laughs> yeah. No, the week after that is Black or White. Oh, no. The, so the week after that is probably the uh, Project Almanac, that live action or um, found footage time travel movie. God damn it, January. Uh, yeah, fucking January. But good news is this movie start getting good in March now because... Yeah. Oh, yeah, real good. Because, yeah, then you've got Jupiter Sending and Seventh Sun in first week of February. So then then there's at least something. Then the Kingsman... Fifty Shades of Grey. Fifty Shades of Grey. My wife wants to see that. Oh, good. You want to come see a sex movie with me and my wife, James? It's not the first time. <laughs> what other movie do we see? Uh, well, I, you weren't there, but she and I went and saw Magic Mike together. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you um, took my wife out on a date. Uh-huh. You asshole. To, to go see Channing Tatum take his pants off. I know. Yeah. Um, Some friend you are. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, to be fair, I think you were only engaged at the time and not married. So okay. So it was cool. Okay. It was totally yeah. cool. <laughs> if it's any other dude, I would have been pissed. <laughs> but you've educated my wife on movies, so I let you slide. Um, yeah, and then, like, Hot Tub Time Machine 2. Oh, great. And then Focus. I do want to see Focus. I think the trailers for Focus look pretty good. Which one's Focus again? Uh, that's the uh, Will Smith movie where oh, he's yeah. like a con man. Oh, I'll, I'll, we'll see it. Yeah, if it's got actual Will Smith in it, like, not just like Will Smith's son. Yeah. Like, I want real Will Smith. Yeah. Give me that big Willy Weekend back. <laughs> I, know, I want Welcome to Earth, Will Smith. Fucking A. <laughs> he doesn't say that. Kind of, he does. <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Visit our website, realnerdspodcast.com. You can tweet us at real underscore nerds. You can email us even, realnerds at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook. Hey, stream us on Stitcher. You want to call us? 720-6nerds5 and download us on iTunes. Just search Real Nerds. Thank you, Joe Kempter, for the wonderful voiceover. And also, Spark Mandrill for the wonderful late-night jazz-smooth sounds of movies. You can find them on SoundCloud. This has been a Nebulous Visions production.